Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 174th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please make sure to go do that. Also, be sure to go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, as some good stuff will be posted there daily as well. So to kick off the episode today, I wanted to talk about the updates surrounding Blackhawks goaltender Corey Crawford. So... The Blackhawks are now eight days away from traveling to, or uh, from game one of their best of five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers, and they will be traveling to Edmonton on Sunday. And if you've been keeping up with the Blackhawks practices, now that phase three of the NHL's return to play plan has opened up training camps, then you know that Corey Crawford has been unfit to participate in each day of practice so far, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to be able to suit up for the Blackhawks in the postseason. As we heard General Manager Stan Bowman say in a video conference call on Tuesday that the Hawks are still cautiously optimistic that Crow could travel with the team to Edmonton on Sunday. That is when the Blackhawks' final 31-man playoff roster is due. So if Crawford does not travel with the team to Edmonton on Sunday, then that means the Hawks will prepare for the qualifying round against the Oilers without him. But if he does make the trip, then that sure does look like a good sign that Crow will be in net for that first game up in Edmonton. And we've talked a little bit on the podcast in the last couple of episodes how if Crawford isn't going to play for the Blackhawks in this postseason, then it's really tough to imagine them coming out with a victory against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettle, and the high-powered Oilers offense, especially with how well that power play has been doing this season. 29.5%, the best in the NHL by a wide margin this year. And the Blackhawks have been better on the penalty kill this season than they were in the last couple of years. They were top 10 in the league once again uh, after really struggling in that department, especially last season, having one of the worst penalty kills in NHL history. But still, if you don't have a good goaltender in there, a good goaltender is usually your best penalty killer. And putting in Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia in those situations is going to give the Blackhawks a huge disadvantage rather than having Crow in net for those situations. So, if the Blackhawks are forced to start Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia throughout the series, then I think we can all agree that the Blackhawks probably aren't going to upset the the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers in that qualifying round. But hey, I mean, anything could happen. Who knows? Malcolm Subban is playing for a contract next season. At the moment... It's not looking like the Blackhawks are going to re-sign him, as we know they do have Delia, Lankin, and, and Matt Tompkins in the system, as well as potentially Corey Crawford going forward. If not, then probably a free agent goaltender that will come in and fill the job. So if, if you're Malcolm Subban, you have a lot to prove in this postseason. You're Not only are you trying to get re-signed by another team, but if you perform well enough, then maybe the Blackhawks do give him a look at the starting job next season because we've only seen him for two minutes in a Blackhawks uniform. So while we know that Subban hasn't been stellar in the past, we you, anyone can go off at any given time. We saw Antti Nemi come in in 2010 and shut it down for the Blackhawks and lead them to the Stanley Cup. So crazier things certainly have happened. 
And maybe, you know, Malcolm Subban surprised us all and stands on his head a little bit if he does have to start for the Blackhawks come Game 1 on Saturday, August 1st against the Edmonton Oilers. Now, an interesting point that I've thought about is if the Blackhawks don't have the intention of signing Malcolm Subban this offseason, even if he does perform well in the starting goaltender role, then wouldn't it make more sense to give Colin Delia this opportunity to kind of just experience postseason hockey at a young age and get his feet wet a little bit because that should only help him in the future and help him uh, develop as a starting goaltender in the NHL down the road. Sometimes, like the Blackhawks did with Kirby Dock and Adam Boquist this season, sometimes the best way to learn is just be thrown out into the fire and just kind of have to learn how to sink or swim, you know? that It's kind of... It's not an ideal situation to put a young goaltender in, but at the same time, if the Blackhawks don't have Corey Crawford, then I don't think anyone is really expecting them to go anywhere. So I think, personally, I would like to see Colin Delia in net for Game 1 if the Blackhawks don't have the intentions of signing Malcolm Subban at all. But if there is a slight possibility that they could be looking at him, then I think they should start Subban. It's an enti- it's just a tough situation to look at as a whole, and I would expect the Blackhawks to likely go with Subban no matter what the circumstances are. They're probably not thinking of this situation as deeply as I am. But thinking about it, it does make sense to start Colin Delia, right? I don't think I'm crazy to think that. And I've also seen on Twitter a couple people share those same feelings. So it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens in these next couple of days before the Blackhawks do have to make their final postseason roster and choose which three goaltenders they will take to their hub city of Edmonton come July 26th. All right, I think that wraps up all the news on the Blackhawks goaltender situation. Now it's time to move on to our next topic, which is Blackhawks defenseman Ian Mitchell's video conference that took place on Wednesday afternoon. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman 2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, so we just wrapped up talking about all of the updates surrounding Blackhawks goaltender Corey Crawford. Now it's time to move on to Blackhawks defenseman Ian Mitchell's video conference that took place on Wednesday afternoon. So, as most of you know, the 21-year-old defenseman signed a three-year entry-level contract with the Hawks last week that carries a $925,000 cap hit and will kick in at the beginning of the 2020-2021 season. So, Mitchell, in his conference call on Wednesday talked about how he knew that the Blackhawks fans were always going to be a little hesitant after he returned to the University of Denver for his third year in an attempt to win a national championship, which unfortunately got ruined because of COVID-19. Denver was top 10 in the country before the college hockey season was unfortunately canceled. But now Mitchell is onto a new chapter in Chicago 
where he hopes to be a building block and the next generation of Blackhawks defenseman that brings the team back to success. Mitchell also talked about how his extra year of college gave him another opportunity to prove himself to the organization, and he felt that if he played well in college for three straight years, that he definitely earned a chance to play and stay in Chicago with the Blackhawks for a long time. So I do understand Mitchell's reason for not joining the Blackhawks this season and going back to Denver where he captained the Pioneers this season. And I I do think that helped his game progress a little bit more than it would have had he just joined or just made the jump to professional hockey following his sophomore season because Mitchell got an opportunity to not only be the guy, be the number one leader in that locker room, but he also got to be around a great coaching staff in Denver for an extra season and really just kind of nitpick his game a little bit as he did post career highs and goals and points in his last season with Denver. So I think Mitchell staying an extra season in college hockey did help him progress towards being a full-time NHL defenseman come next season, which of course the Blackhawks are hopeful does happen. Uh, I also want to talk about how Mitchell discussed Nicholas Bodan, Adam Boquist, and he really having a a lot on their shoulders as he kind of feels those guys are in the same group as the uh, the now core players that were around before the Blackhawks got really good in 2008-2009, that time period. Mitchell sees a lot of similarities between the Blackhawks back then and the Blackhawks. Now, obviously, before the Dynasty era, things were a little bit ugly in Chicago on the hockey scene, but The Blackhawks do have a lot of prospects in the system right now that do have high ceilings like they did in that time period a handful of years ago, so I understand where Mitchell is coming from, and it was kind of cool just to hear him understand how important hockey is in the city of Chicago and how much this franchise really means to the city. Um, Mitchell just gets it. He understands what he's getting himself into. He understands Blackhawks fans want to win now. And he really understands that he plays a key part in the team getting back to where they want to be. If the Blackhawks want to get back to competing for a Stanley Cup every season, then guys like Adam Boquist, Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, those guys are going to have to step up in the next couple of years and really make a difference, maybe even a little earlier than the Blackhawks organization had hoped. But as we see, Adam Boquist is already on the top pairing as a 19-year-old. That probably wasn't part of the part of the Hawks plan this early, but here we are. As I said, some things are going to kind of have to turn the tide quickly here because the Blackhawks are in a tough spot. They're not going to get any ha- any help from the salary cap going forward. They're going to be ha- they're going to be having their back up- backs up against the wall as they have for the last handful of years. So, if they want to be successful, they're going to need young guys who are playing on entry-level contracts really to step up and play their part and it's good to hear that Mitchell understands that's the scenario that the franchise is in right now. All right, I think that takes care of all the news out of Ian Mitchell's video conference that I wanted to talk about. Now I wanted to be sure to quickly mention all the updates surrounding Jonathan Taze's status, as of course, he's also been unfit to participate in the last couple of practice practices for the Blackhawks. So the latest update with Johnny is that still the Blackhawks are keeping him out supposedly because of rest purposes, which... I do find a little bit interesting just because it's Jonathan Taze. You don't think that's the type of guy that necessarily needs rest after being away from the rink for a handful of months. So I really am finding this whole situation to be very interesting because Johnny is just that type of guy you expect to be at practice every day, put his head down and put in the work. 
But so far, Taze has been absent the last two days of practice. And there's a lot of questions on the fans' minds right now. Of course, we're not thinking really COVID-19 because there's only been two positive tests around the NHL since training camps opened last Monday. So it certainly was interesting to see Jonathan Taze not join the Blackhawks for practice on Tuesday. And definitely a situation to keep your eye on as the Hawks do practice on Thursday and Friday before traveling to their hub city of Edmonton on Sunday, July 26th. All right, I think that wraps up everything I wanted to talk about on Blackhawks defenseman Ian Mitchell and Captain Jonathan Taze. Now it's time to move on to our new daily segment here on the podcast, which is regular season recap, where I give a brief recap of one of the Blackhawks players' 2019-20 regular seasons, just as a bit of a refresher on how they did this year before the best-of-five playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. Jack Bushman, your host of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the NHL's 2014 postseason that's set to take place in a little over a week. Okay, so we just finished up talking about Ian Mitchell and Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze. Now it's time for our daily regular season recap segment, with today covering Blackhawks 29-year-old shutdown defenseman Calvin DeHaan. So the Blackhawks acquired DeHaan and forward prospect Alexi Sorella from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for goaltender Anton Forsberg and defenseman Gustav Forsling back on June 24, 2019. And DeHaan went on to play in 29 games for the Blackhawks this season before unfortunately injuring his shoulder in a game in mid-December, which would require season-ending surgery just a few weeks later. But in those 29 games this season, DeHaan was a unit for the Blackhawks on their back end, doing basically everything he was asked to do. He averaged 19 minutes and 55 seconds of time on ice, which was his highest since he was 24 years old four years ago with the New York Islanders. And DeHaan... While he only had 73 shot blocks and 93 hits on the season, you also have to remember that he only played in 29 games, so he was averaging around three hits a game and a little over two shot blocks a game, so he was really doing everything that, you know, the Blackhawks had been missing on defense ever since Nicholas Jalmerson has left, basically. Calvin DeHaan was blocking shots, he was going into the dirty areas and being physical, Defending the crease, which has been a problem for the Blackhawks for way too long. So I was really happy what I saw from Calvin DeHaan in his injury-shortened 2019-20 season. Offensively, DeHaan only had one goal and five assists for six points, but he's never been much of an offensive weapon throughout his career. Uh, His career high is 25 points, which came three seasons ago when he played in 82 games for the only time in his career. Uh, He also has only scored one goal in each of his last three seasons, In 2018-19, of course, his one goal did come against the Blackhawks. Um, But Mitchell, not really an offensive threat, so he's going to be probably putting up low-ball offensive numbers throughout his tenure, however long that may be with the Blackhawks. I also want to mention that DeHaan did post a plus 10, plus minus, which isn't, you know, a stat that people look into too much because it doesn't really have to do with your play. But still, on a poor defensive team like the Blackhawks in a shutdown role, I thought that was really impressive for DeHaan to come out on the positive side and 
and post the third best plus minus of his NHL career, surprisingly. So I think that Kelvin DeHaan was really good for the Blackhawks when he was healthy. And his return to the lineup, uh, his potential return to the lineup, I should say, as of course he is still currently unfit to participate due to a family emergency. But if he is able to suit up for the Blackhawks in the 2020 postseason, then that gives them such a huge boost on their blue line. He is without a doubt their best shutdown guy at this point. I know Duncan Keith is still great, but he's 37 years old now. He's not the guy he used to be. So the Blackhawks are really going to need Calvin DeHaan to play well against McDavid and Dreisaitl if the Hawks want any hope at advancing past the qualifying round in the 2020 postseason. Taking a look at DeHaan's possession numbers, and they were actually pretty solid for you know the role that he was playing. He started 52.6% of his faceoffs at even strength in the defensive zone. But he was on the ice for 19 goals for to 11 against at even strength. I repeat, Calvin DeHaan was on the ice for only 11 goals at even strength in his 29 games. As the Hawks' best defensive defenseman, that's like best case scenario right there. His Corsi 4 percentage was unfortunately the worst of his career at 47.5%, but also kind of like plus minus, Corsi doesn't take uh, into consideration the, f- the full aspect of your game. It's kind of just a number that has to do with a lot of the other players that are on the ice with that player. So don't look into that low number too much because Calvin DeHaan was really good. Trust me, he was really good for the Hawks when he was healthy this season. Overall, it's hard not to like what you saw out of DeHaan when he was healthy this year. The crafty veteran was doing everything he could on defense to put the Hawks in a position to win. And if he is able to go for them in the play-in series versus Edmonton, then look for he and Connor Murphy to be paired together in an attempt to slow down McDavid, Dreisaitl, and that lethal Edmonton Oilers offense. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Blackhawks defenseman Calvin DeHaan's regular season recap and also Wednesday, July 22nd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and as always, make sure to give the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page a follow at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Blackhawks as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news about the return to hockey on August 1st. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey. Or for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks again for listening. 